Welcome to Relatable with Ash, where we talk about all things mindset, wellness, relationships, and empowerment. On this episode of Relatable, I have the lovely, the gorgeous Miss Danica McKenzie on. She is a dancer, she's a choreographer, a certified personal trainer. She's remedial therapist in training. She has so much going on for her. It's absolutely insane. Um, I'm absolutely inspired by everything that she does. Um, She also is offering this one-on-one coaching specifically for dancers. That's a I guess a mixed bag of everything that she does that we didn't actually get to talk about. So if that's something that you're interested in, it's a lot of, um, from what I can gather, it's a lot of preventative care for dancers and strength training, but also to do with all the remedial side of things. Um, And if that's something you're interested in, feel free to reach out to her. She only has a, a limited few spots available because it is in my opinion, something that is highly needed for the physical aspects of um, people in general. And so, yeah, it's in high demand. But you can also find her at V-Hub, which is a dance studio in the Valley, where she does all kinds of heels classes and also Mad Dance House. If you're wanting to follow her and just want to see what she's about, you can find her on Instagram at Danica underscore Mc. So D-A-N-I-C-A underscore M-C-K. She has some very, very empowering dance videos on there um, that I absolutely love watching. And if I'm honest, I try to mimic them sometimes because <laughs> she just... She's just got it and it, and it, it, watching people dance makes me want to dance as well. Uh, something that we didn't get to touch on that um, I wanted to bring up before you jump into this podcast today is the idea of reciprocated energy. So Danica and I were talking about this in terms of showing up to a dance class, even as a beginner, um, the energy that you put out as someone who is partaking in the class is going to be reciprocated or felt by everybody else, but also felt by the teacher. So, you know, if you're going, if everyone in this class is going in there and they're real like um, competitive comparison, they're not there to learn. They just want to like show off their moves for Instagram, let's say they're not open and friendly, then the teacher is going to feel that and the teacher is going to get drained, but also that's reciprocated the other way around. So if you go to a dance class where the teacher is very ego driven, just coming in there with like walls up and, um, you know, just wants to to show you these dance moves and for you to just learn them and get on with it, then you're going to feel that as a student of this class. And that is not what you get with Danica from my personal experience, but that's also what something that you don't get when you go to a place like V-Hub. All the teachers there, from what I've heard, are so welcoming. I know when I walked in, there were people who were just chatting and chilling on the ground in their trackies. Like everyone, most people aren't wearing makeup. Everyone's there to have a good time and that's the energy that's there and that is felt. And that also allows you to relax a little bit more. You understand in the place like V-Hub, everyone's there to have a good time. So that's something that we, Danica wanted to say that we didn't get time to talk about, but also that I think is actually really important to preface because um, as we will say in this podcast, dance is important for everybody. It's a part of our, um, really it's a part of our species that we've forgotten to do along the way is to play and have fun and become empowered by that. So I'll stop talking now and I'll let you get on with the episode. But just before I do, go into this episode thinking, how can I apply this logic to my life? Because Danica has a very, very good mindset that she has developed over years and years and years, naturally, that you can take or I can take or we can take 
really good nuggets of information from and apply it to our own lives, not just the dance realm. Without further ado, here is Danica. Welcome back to Relatable. This is episode, I want to say 14, and I'm here with the lovely Danica. Would you like I was going to introduce you, but I'll get you to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, I am a professional dancer slash dance teacher slash I'd say upcoming choreographer. Um, and I'm also a personal trainer and I work at a gym part-time and I'm also studying remedial massage. So I do a little bit of everything, um, but I'd say, yeah, I definitely would call myself an artist because I am you know, in the dance industry and that's kind of my number one passion. But yeah, mm. you've got me. a lot going on. How yeah. do you find balancing it all? I struggle. I really struggle. But everything, because of my different jobs and their timeframes, it kind of always just puzzled pieces together throughout my week. So I've got like my gym job in the early mornings And then um, if I train, that's in the middle of the day when it's quiet, then I've got time for choreography or whatever I need to do. And then I teach or dance at night Um, and then gigs are on weekends. So it kind of works out for some, I don't know how, but it works out. So good. That's so good. And we were talking about just before we got on the podcast, we're talking about burnout because you're saying you're starting to, starting to feel the effects come on. Yeah. Is that, does that happen very often for you? Being so busy. It hasn't for a while, but it used to a lot. I used to get it like, um, I remember the first kind of time I got it, I was doing a musical and I was fresh out of school. So I hadn't really done like full-time activity or rehearsals or anything hectic before. And it was straight out of, um, we had like three weeks of rehearsals and shows all in one go. And it wasn't like hectic because it was more of like an, a mass ensemble. So it was just more of a fun thing for kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, we were there all day, every day for like two or three weeks doing the shows and it was just hectic and we weren't eating as much because we didn't have fridges and stuff, I guess. Um, and then as soon as that finished, I was so sick for a week, like just cold and flu, like just in bed for a couple of days. Mm. um that was the first time it was as soon as I stopped or like I just got so sick as soon as I stopped and then that's happened a few times since then um but the last like year or so it hasn't really happened but now that I'm thinking of it it's probably because I haven't really stopped so (laughs) this is why it's kind of coming on now now that I'm sort of stopping or I'm slowing down and I know I've got a long weekend my body's starting to just like relax and I'm starting to get a little bit sick now so Mm -hmm. yeah I, I find that with burnout as well it um most of the time the the effects start to come on like the little sniffles or the little sore throat or however burnout occurs for you it kind of happens when we do let our like kind of walls down or we know even a great example is um before like a social event for me if it's at home or I'm with my friends I my body it's not a I don't want to say stressful situation. It's not a a situation that requires me to be like on, on my game. And so I'll I'll relax. And then obviously drinking's involved and then it just snowballs. Yeah. Um, Because I'm not sure if I said it in my last podcast, but for my listeners, I did, I took a week and a half off because I was feeling um, the same way, forgetting that the long weekend was coming. Um, (laughs) So I I mean, I want to say I could have waited but I don't think I could have. My body was struggling, yeah. struggling very hard. I mean, it's probably a good thing you listened to your body when you were ready mm. to have that break rather than waiting for a long weekend like I did. Like you, as soon as you were ready, you listened to your body and took a break, which is good, you know. Yeah. So how do you look after Because yeah. obviously like moving your body is fantastic and you're in, in jobs where you're standing mm. a lot and you're actually physically moving your body. How do yeah. you... Um, Oh, what, what's, how do I phrase this? How do you take care of yourself in the in-between moments? Yeah. Um, I recently have very, have had this spark of passion for like recovery and strength and conditioning. I think because like you said, my job is so active, like dancing, teaching, I've kind of got to be on my A game at all times. I've got to 
I don't have to look good, but in my head, I have to look good as well for my job. Um, but I would always just exercise thinking I had to do it to look good. But mm -hmm. now I have this different sort of outlook on it where I'm exercising to make sure that I'm my body's strong for what I'm doing. Or um, if I feel like I'm not as my endurance levels aren't as good as I'd like to be in a class because I don't do full-time dance anymore. I dance like with bursts or I do a couple hours, but if I did a couple classes in a row, I kind of struggle. And by the end I'm like, Oh, I'm cool. <laughs> so if that's something I need to improve on in the gym, that's something I'll work on um, so that it goes hand in hand with my dance. Um, and then recently, like I said, I've been getting real, I've been so busy and been really tired and I've been close to burnout the last like three weeks now um, so I have only been to the gym once a week, the last couple of weeks. And even that's kind of played on my mentality a little bit. I'm like, oh, I need to go more. But, um, there were times I did go, it was like a light session. I just listened to my body. I just did what I needed and I felt really good afterwards. Um, so I think to answer your question, I feel like I just am trying to be really intuitive in with what my body needs at the time. Like if I just need to take it easy, I'll take it easy. But if I, Feel like I need a rest like I said I've only been to the gym once a week the last two weeks so every other time if I've had a spare second I know that my body is so exhausted so I just I'm like no, it's fine I don't need to go right now like what I need is rest rather than going to the gym and running and lifting heavy weights like I'll just relax because that's what my body's asking me right now mm. um so I guess yeah just trying to keep myself fueled as well properly throughout the day and just listening to what my body needs um, yeah. in those little spare moments I guess that's really good that's probably why you haven't been burnt out in such a long time because you make adjustments yeah, probably. according to what your body yeah. needs yeah and you mentioned something there about um exercise like you used to think that you needed to exercise to look good and I know yeah. a lot of people I've been through this myself I know a lot of people actually partially probably I want to say partially I still am that way although I will adjust my schedule um depending on what my body needs. But I also want to touch on the fact that the, the dance entertainment industry also has um, a lot of standards that they, at least, at least the old, old school people, probably, you could probably say this better than I am, um, have a certain standard that they want for dancers and entertainers. Yeah. How have you found that in your dance career? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, there are certain parts of the industry that are very much traditional or old school, like you said, and there's very much like this beautiful view of, um, you know, looking on stage and people look the same and they're dancing the same. It's very, you know, that is aesthetically pleasing to the eye. And that's a very much a traditional sort of way of putting on a show as well. Like they want everyone to look the same dance the same and you know that looks yeah really nice to watch and that's a nice performance um and yeah I feel like that's kind of slowly fizzling out in some parts of the industry um like where I'm kind of at now with my career I was saying to someone the other day I haven't been no one's talked about my body for a year now which is so refreshing because every job I've gotten has nothing to do with my look or my body I just know it's based on my talent or who I am um, but yeah, so I, I definitely struggled and do struggle still with my body image in the dance scene because of that. And I think even if it's not even as prominent, I, in my head, it is, I still think like, if I don't get an audition or if I don't get something, I start to question myself and I'm like, oh, okay. So was it because of this or was it because of this? Or is it, am I still not like, do I still not look good enough? Like I start to spiral a little bit, which is definitely something I've noticed and I'm trying to sort of stop in my tracks when it happens but it is a hard industry to sort of be brought up in even as a kid or like you know being around other girls that are really skinny and if you're not that same size then you know that kind of affects you and you carry that with you through the industry and so it's definitely been years and years and years of conditioning with that um so for me it is now about um yeah well I guess like I said it's it's really awesome that I found a part of the industry where I'm not where I, where I don't feel like that at all and I don't think about it it's not even on my mind a lot of the time anymore because where I feel where I am is very like welcoming and inclusive and 
no one's like, oh, you're really fit. So you're going to do this job. It's we're all doing this job because we're all doing this job. Like, you know, it's not really like I'm picking people for a certain job. Yeah, it's been very inclusive and refreshing and supportive. So um, I've definitely, yeah, to answer your question, I definitely still kind of struggle with it, but I'm in a very good place with it. And it's something that I'm kind of working on um, at the moment as well, just to sort of recover from, I guess. But yeah. 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 It's also, I think, nice for people to know because um, like from you, as as shitty as it is a thing to go through for yourself it's nice for people to know because they all look at you and think wow she's she's so amazing she's so beautiful she's so talented she's so like I love her body and they have their own struggles and then they would think looking at you yeah you she doesn't go through that and then so being able to share that with people I think is really um beautiful because they can see like yeah they can they can have confidence they can show up online in a certain way or they can you know like even when I went to your dance classes just like it was like you had an energy around you that was just it was beautiful you you walked in obviously Mm -hmm. this is that's your space right so that you're in your element but you you just like you flowed in you were glowing you're just you're in track pants like Aww. it doesn't like it, it doesn't come across that yeah. way at all um and so when I saw you I was like damn I want to be like her in this in the same in that sense so thank you for sharing yeah, that. yeah. um and that was really nice that you think of me like that as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well yeah I had to say it it came up in the moment so I had to say it um yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's okay. Now, I wanted to touch on something that we talked about when we had our first call, which was you had a dream like growing up to be Beyonce's backup dancer. And so yeah. you were you had to kind of battle the belief that you can't make dance a career or that it's really hard to be a professional dancer. How have you worked through that? belief because sometimes those kinds of beliefs hold people back yeah well yeah it was always just a dream or you know everyone has like you want to be an astronaut or something just unreal I wanted to be a rock star as well I wanted to be Avril Lavigne but (laughs) yeah dance wise like I always yeah loved Beyonce I'd always danced to her videos I loved her um since I was like a kid so then growing up I was always at school I kind of thought it was like a funny little I'd like just telling people anyway even if it was not gonna be achievable I'd like telling people so if anyone was like what's your dream job I'd be like oh Beyonce's backup dancer and I would just kind of say and own it and even if it wasn't real I'd just say it anyway because I was like that's my dream like I'd love to um and so I always just kind of said it and then I remember when I went to full-time training like for full-time dance and they asked and they were like oh is anyone what's someone's like biggest goal and I was like yep me and they're like yeah what's your goal and I was like oh I would love to dance for Beyonce that's my life dream and then I kind of like giggled about it and he was like yeah okay so how do you make that work and I was like oh um I don't know and he's like well you need to do research you need to start going to classes that are relatable to how she dances you need to start you know reach out to her choreographers rah, rah, rah. and I was like oh okay yep good point and so I just was like yeah cool I'll think about it and I'll get on to that Um, And then I think it was a bit after that. I went to LA with a trip on a trip with that dance studio. Um, And then when I got home, we had like a little mentor chat with the guys that run it. And they were like, Oh, you should reach out to some of um, Beyonce's dance captains or rah, rah, here's some like people you could reach out to. And I ended up messaging Kim Gingras on Instagram and she was uh, Beyonce's dance captain for a little while. And I was like, I'll just message her. And she was, and she replied and she was really lovely. And I just kind of said like, this is what I'd love to do and just want some feedback basically. Um, and then we had a phone call chat for like an hour and she gave me so much advice and was really nice. And oh my God. yeah, it was just so friendly. And I was like, okay. And so just hearing that from her made me feel like it was definitely possible. Like, you know, with everything lining up, I was like, oh, this is, this is a, like a real career that I could get into now and so it started to sort of sit on me I guess um and then after that like I know that Beyonce is not really 
I feel like she's not really touring or doing much at the moment. So my mindset is now on an artist. Like I want to dance for an artist. I love Kalani. I love, you know, there's a few other artists I would love to dance for as well. So I'm broadening my goal a little bit, but it's still there. And I'm still sort of, that's just like my end result sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, at the moment I'm still kind of, um, I guess, picking at it or making little tiny moves. And I feel like it's not going to be something that happens overnight, but I'm just making little moves at it. And hopefully one day that's where I can be. But um, yeah, to, to feel like it was just a funny little dream or something that was just never going to happen. And then for people to kind of be like, no, this could happen. What's your, what's like, uh, what are the steps you're going to take towards it? And I was like, oh, I just didn't even think of that. I didn't think it was a possibility because I grew up with people thinking, well, one, I thought a professional dancer was only a ballerina. Mm -hmm. So I just thought if I wanted to be a professional dancer, I had to dance at Queensland Ballet. That was it. And I was not a ballet dancer. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's not for me. Like, I just thought, You've got to be either on So You Think You Can Dance or you've got to be a Queensland ballet dancer because we didn't have social media and we didn't have like as much of that growing up. Those were the only two things you ever saw and you were okay, well, if I want to dance, that's it. Like I've got to make it to there. Um, So I guess, yeah, I kind of just thought I wasn't really going to make it as a dancer. It was more of a hobby. Um, But then I just felt like in my gut, I was like, no, I need to keep doing this after high school because I danced all through school and then after high school I was like well I can't just leave it like I I don't think I'm ready to let go of it and that's why I found full-time dance because I just felt like no I just need to I need to keep going like there's not I can't just stop here and I did one year of just open classes here and there but that didn't hit the spot either I was like no this is not what I wanted like I don't want to just dance here and there and study at uni like that's not really what I want to do um but yeah so that's kind of why I ended up going no I'm just gonna keep taking steps and that's kind of my way of thinking of it as well as sorry I'm talking for a long time okay (laughs) Okay. um but that's kind of how I think of it as well is that like rather than thinking this is my end result or I want to be here I'm I've got to do this and this and this in dance it's so unpredictable I don't know where I'm going to be next year I didn't never expected to be a teacher I thought I was just going to be a performer and opportunities popped up and, you know, so you just never know where you're going to be really. It's really unpredictable. You can't really plan too far ahead as a dancer. Um, So yeah, my way of thinking of my career is kind of just taking steps, just taking the step that's in front of me and then seeing where it goes, I guess. Um, But yeah. That's that's huge. It's actually really key. It's cool that you came, I guess, came to that partially on your own because that's that's something that we do in life coaching either people get really caught up in like two tiny specific details or they get caught up in the big picture and so a lot of the time people get caught up in like I want to have this big goal but I don't like I don't even know how to get there and the question I ask is well what's the next little baby step that you can take yeah and it can be it can be as simple as like well it doesn't feel simple but reaching out to like Beyonce's dance captain at the time yeah like that feels yeah. huge but really it's yeah. like a small it's a message and then it yeah exactly. evolves into yeah. something else which is absolutely yeah. beautiful yeah exactly and you're uh, like you said it really sticking with dance has really opened up lots of opportunities for you that it seems like you've just said yes to a lot of opportunities has there any been ever been a time where you've said no because it didn't feel right um yes there has been um I definitely was taught to take a lot of opportunities as well um and I I guess this comes back to my self-worth at the time as well I didn't know if I was worthy of a bigger job so I said yes to all the little ones because I didn't think that I was I thought I had to take those because that's all I had in front of me. So I have to take that. Otherwise I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. So I definitely said yes to a lot of little things that I didn't want to do, but it was just to make me look better to um, who I was working for or like thinking if I show face a lot, maybe I'll get a big job or maybe this will happen. So yeah, definitely said yes to a lot of things that I didn't want to do. Um, But now I feel like that's something I've learned in the last maybe year and a half. And a lot of my friends, a lot of dancers that I am friends with now that I've kind of just met a year or two ago as well 
um, when sort of venturing into the Brisbane side of dance as well, they've taught me a lot about um, just knowing your worth, your value and sticking to it and not like cutting yourself short or if you don't want to do a job, don't do a job. Or if you don't like who you're working with, you're okay. You're allowed to kind of say something because that's, you don't want to just sit there and let them disrespect you. But from, again, something that we heard years ago was that that's all they ever did was they get a job on a cruise ship or on a cabaret show or contract or something. And sometimes the choreographers are just so nasty. They would yell at you and not let you go to the bathroom or, you know, treat you like not a human. And they had to just stand there and go, yep, yep. And sort of cop it and just not say much about it. Um, And so that's, but that's the reality of what some like, some dance companies might be like. Like, I don't think there are any like that in Australia that I know or in Queensland that I know of. But you can imagine even, I don't know, overseas or, you know, yeah, cruise ships or something, they may have those sort of old-fashioned choreographers that have let the ego get to their head a little bit and taken power and just, Mm. you know, treating dancers like nothing. Um, Mm. But... Yeah, so that it definitely was a reality and it was something that we were taught to be aware of as well, um, getting into the industry. But, yeah, lucky I haven't really faced it and I've kind of, like I said, learnt in the last year and a half um, to pick and choose my jobs and if something doesn't feel right, even if it is, like, financially helps me out with stability or anything like that, it's okay to turn it down because I'm, I know that there's always going to be another opportunity around the corner. So I definitely feel like I have more confidence in myself and in my journey now. I know that I don't have to take every job. I know that if I turn something down, something else will present itself. Or if something doesn't go, like if I don't get a job or if I don't get opportunities, it's hard. Sometimes it is hard at first. You kind of beat yourself up. But then in the grand scheme of things, that's not what I want to do anyway. What I want to do is dance with Beyonce. So I know that by doing what I'm doing, I'll get there one day. But yeah, I think it definitely is hard because with a lack of jobs in the industry as well at the moment, you feel like you say yes to a lot of things. Um, but in saying no to the lower paying jobs or the jobs that are, you know, not suitable, we're setting the standard for the rest of the um, industry as well. If we keep saying yes to the really low paying jobs or the free jobs that they want, they want us to just get up on stage and do a quick dance and they don't think that it has much to it, so they'll pay us $50 for it if we keep saying yes to those kind of jobs, that's how we're setting the standard for the industry and for the upcoming dancers. And we're never going to, you know, make a change with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's currently, there's a few dancers in Brisbane at the moment who um, are part of an alliance and they are currently pushing for this and there's a survey. So if anyone wants to, if there are any dancers listening as well, um, I highly recommend filling out that survey because it is kind of, questioning all of those things it asks like have you been underpaid before how many times have you done free rehearsals and you know all that sort of stuff um it's called it's in the mad dance house link I'm pretty sure um but I'm pretty sure that the alliance is called M-E-A-A it's media entertainment and arts alliance I think I can um, um I yeah. can link it in the show notes as well yeah cool. um, on Apple and Spotify for people to yeah cool that's really that's really cool yeah that's kind of a big movement at the moment um with a few of the the like bigger dancers in Brisbane all kind of pushing that at the moment which is really good because it is opening a lot of eyes to it as well yeah it's holding holding everyone to a certain standard it's just like having unions for like like being a teacher or in the retail industry they have a union exactly that, that yeah that's that's super fucking cool something that popped into my mind yeah as you were talking, because like you're talking about, you know, you really are talking about everyone in the dance entertainment industry being supportive of one another. And from like the idea of the entertainment industry as I grew up, but also I think the image that people perceive is that um, dancers are kind of, I don't want to say against each other, competitive um and yeah. it's like a bit of like a show-off kind of thing that's also <laughs> probably um Hollywood's fault for showing a lot of movies mm. in that regard yeah um yeah 
But for anyone who is interested in, I suppose, like heels dance classes and things like that, how would you describe the environment? Because I've been and I know what it's like, but I want to hear from, from you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with all of these um, sort of heels classes and beginner friendly classes popping up, there's a confusion with classes and the industry itself. I feel like there's a big difference between the dance industry with kind of working professionals and choreographers and shows and things like that and freelance like classes, open classes. Very much I believe that, sorry, I believe that everyone should dance. Like I think dance should be just something that we all do. Like it's an art form. You shouldn't be scared to move your body or listen to music, even if it's at home, even if you don't go to a class. I think dance is like... It should be a worldwide thing. We all do it. We all feel comfortable doing it. It's a way of expressing. Mm. Um, And yeah, so I think going to classes is great. I think if you can pick the right sort of classes as well and depends on your, um, how you view dance or how you want to sort of take the journey of dance. If you're just wanting to go, like I said, to move and express and have fun with your friends and be social, definitely get to like some groove classes even ballet, like ballet is just fun and it's really good um, fitness as well. If you just go to a beginner ballet class, you'll feel. I remember my first ballet class because I started later. So I've been dancing since I was seven. And my first ballet class when I was um, 12, I think. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer with ballet. But I remember I went home that day and I was like, could not walk. I was so sore because of the muscles I'd used in ballet. So even as a dancer, you'd be surprised the muscles you use in ballet and it, you know, it's great fitness. It's kind of like similar to Pilates, how it's all just body weight work, but you really work your muscles. Um, but yeah, so get to ballet for a bit of fitness, um, get to grooves because you start, you really learn like how to move your own body. Um, especially if you're not connected with your body, it feels really uncomfortable to move and especially watching someone, who is the teacher and they've, you know, spent years developing their own style. Um, and then for you to come in and go, well, I can't do that. I don't look mm. like that. And it's really scary and it's intimidating, but it's something that you need to develop on your own. So groove classes hundred percent will help with, you know, all styles as well. Um, even just like basic footwork classes, well, so like hip jazz, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. People think really empowering and, fun and feminine but I also do highly recommend getting to a dance class or two before stepping to heels I feel like you really need like strong ankles you need strong foundation um it's good to already know how your body moves before you're then stepping into heels as well because then it's not so much to think about um so yeah I definitely think heels has been like amazing for building confidence with you know women and men who ever come to class Um, and I've seen a big change in people that do come to class it really brings something else out of them it sort of like embraces that feminine energy which I love Mm. but when it comes to like the technique of it and the safety of it even with strong ankles and all that sort of thing I do just recommend sort of like um, yeah just having a little bit of base foundation stepping into that as well because it is really hard to navigate your body with like that much on the bottom of your feet as well you know like yeah, that's hard that is that hard and it took me years to step into heels as well so I feel like don't rush yourself be patient even if you want to go to a heels class for the cory maybe just try in either a small really small boot to start with or just sneakers like it's not no one's going to judge you if you wear sneakers to a heels class if anything you're being safe and you're doing the right thing as well you know so do what mm. you feel safe doing um, if you have strong ankles and you feel safe in heels, go for it. But I just think um, it definitely always comes back to, yeah, just knowing yourself, knowing your limits. Um, yeah, just really know what you want to do and what your intention is with class as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're serious about class, then, yeah, I would highly recommend getting to, like, technique class and stuff. If it's more for fun and freelance, yeah, just be really just have fun go with a friend um 
and just go with the intention of having fun, I think, because mm-hmm. then otherwise it takes all the other pressure off you. If you see someone smashing it in the corner, don't worry about them. Like they've probably been to class as well. It's more about just being there and having fun, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. That was something that I think I found with the like beginner heels classes. Although now that you're talking to me, I realize I really should strengthen my ankles before I try another <laughs> heels class or wear like small boots. Um, yeah. But it was there were parts when I, when I was there, part of me was really enjoying it and moving my body because I didn't, even at home, I didn't really move my body and I would wait to go night clubbing, which isn't a healthy way of doing it. Um, yeah. And then I would have parts where I was really, I felt really connected to my body and I was enjoying it. And then I would, my mind would pop in and it would start yeah. comparing. I'd see, I would see that girl in the corner smashing. I'm like, I want to move like that. Yeah. And then yeah. reflecting it back on me and it would, it would fuck with everything. Like I couldn't remember yeah. the moves that we were trying to do. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, I still walked away and I felt really empowered and really like excited from being able to yeah. have that experience yeah and absolutely. I, I 100% agree with what you were saying that everyone should dance it's not like yeah. going back tribally it's something naturally we all would have done it's a way of movement that is fun yeah. that doesn't yeah. require you although I'm a big advocate for um, exercising in the gym it's a it's another way of introducing your body to movement yeah absolutely I agree and even in you saying how you felt in class I feel like that in class so it's not something that if for anyone that wants to get to class as well and they're scared of that feeling everyone feels it it's you know it's normal it doesn't just go away well I mean it can if you work on it obviously and I don't get it as much but when you think I've been dancing for like almost 20 years and I still get it so it's not don't let that stop you from getting to class it's Mm. definitely something you will learn about yourself by dancing as well is the whole it's it becomes very obvious to you when you're in a classroom you're trying to move and do something foreign and out of your comfort zone and there's other people like if you judge yourself or you judge others that becomes very obvious in a classroom because you immediately are like well no like so it's good because you learn a lot about yourself as well you learn about like um your willpower or like stepping into a class if you this is too hard and you walk away. That's even a lesson for you then to be like, no, you know what? I'm next time I'm going to get in there. I'm going to keep pushing and I'm just going to do it for fun. You know, there's always something to learn. Even if it's not a dance move, you learn a lot about yourself through dance um, as well. So definitely take that into, Oh, I'm very bright. I just looked at my camera. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Definitely take that into consideration as well. It's not, it's not always just about, the dance moves, um, it's definitely about how you feel on the inside as well or how you're feeling when you dance or afterwards, like having that amazing feeling and how proud you were as well. That's something awesome and something that not a lot of things can offer you. And I feel I get that feeling a lot from dance as well is that feeling of like, oh, like I'm so in love. Like I just get this mm-hmm. feeling of like my heart is so full and I don't get that anywhere else. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. definitely like gives you a lot. I think dance really gives a lot. Yeah. And I can hundred percent agree with the listeners um, because I'm not a dancer, but I get the same feeling. I wanted yeah. to preface that because it, it, like when we're, when we are passionate about something, people can be like, Oh, well, of course, of course you feel full after dance because yeah. you enjoy dance, but it's, yeah. it's no, it's exactly the same for me too. Yeah. Um, I think oh, it I'm also good. might be as well which people can start practicing at home. Here's a baby step. If you want to get into like have a fun dance class or even get into the dance area is just like looking at yourself in the mirror. I think that's a big part of dance, um, dancing in class, even in high school for me, like actually looking at myself in the mirror instead of avoiding my eye contact and Mm -hmm. just looking at my moves and then judging myself, being able to look, actually look at yourself for like a solid 30 seconds to a minute in the mirror yeah. as an introduction um will I think also yeah. help you get into the classes cool yeah that's very true because you are dancing in front of a mirror as well so you know the first thing you kind of think is you see yourself and if you are like I said you kind of judge yourself the first thing that comes out are those judgmental thoughts and that already distracts you from what's going on around you so mm-hmm. that's a very good very good starter baby step <laughs> yeah. I love that cool 
All right. Well, we might move to the quick fire questions now, um, yep. which um, if you haven't listened to my podcasts before, it's just a bunch of questions at the end, probably five or six, um, just to, I guess, change things up a little bit. So the first question is, who inspires you the most and why? My, I'm going to say Caitlin Watson. She's a dancer um, from Brisbane. I don't know much about her background in Brisbane. I'd love to know a little more about her, like, younger training. Um, but she, just the way she moves, she's so in touch with her body and she's so it's just like her and the music are the same thing or she mm. is just so in tune with how her body works and it's just makes you feel something every time you watch her um so she's definitely my number one inspiration for sure that's so cool uh next yeah. question what is one book you would recommend for everyone to read i am not a huge book <laughs> reader i've read a couple i don't have a favorites that I would highly recommend and make everyone read I've definitely like related with some but it's and I've never read something that's made me go everyone has to read this um but in saying that I do love a good podcast and this girl oh how ironic by the way um (laughs) I do love um there's a few that I like to listen to and I just find them as well sometimes I'll just type in like I like this oh I like I'm looking for this or like, you know, not actually I'm looking for this, but I type in what I'm sort of looking to listen to. There's a lot of informative ones, but one I do love is the self love fix by Beatrice. Do you know her? I've seen that come up. I haven't listened to it, but I've seen it. I think because if you're into astrology, she's an Aquarius sun, Libra moon, same as me. So I think it's just really um, relatable for me as well, because we're the same zodiac sign. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Do you love right. her? But yeah, to the list. I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. But yeah. I'm like, you're just never sure. Uh, what is one yeah. quote that you live by? Okay, that's hard. I feel like I don't have a quote. Look at me. I'm sorry, I'm not answering your question. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going around. I'm going all the way around. Do it on your own way. Um, that's fine. But one, one sort of, I guess lesson or something that stuck with me is that um worthiness is a decision so that kind of sticks with me and I feel like even even if it's not based around worthiness a lot of things are decision so Mm. I feel like there's a lot of things in your power that you might not think you have but I think you have a lot more power than you think and so that's why that kind of sticks with me because I'm like oh no if I ever feel like I'm in a situation um and yeah, you know that kind of feeling when you feel a bit helpless or you're like oh poor me like we all get there we all get into a feeling we're like poor me poor me but that's a decision to be in that moment so I think mm. just knowing that everything is kind of a decision you can either be positive about something you can sulk about it you can you know it's really just up to you how you want to react to things but it's your decision at the end of the day so that's my quote absolutely <laughs> love that I love that What is the biggest positive and empowering lesson you have learned from any of your romantic relationships? Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't think I've learned a particular lesson. I've learned so, so much um, from kind of my romantic connections. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I, after each sort of situation I've been in or whatever um, or relationship I have learned so much more about myself and it feels like after each thing kind of ends or whatever um, I come home to myself each time but it's deeper inside of me so I just feel like it feels really unsafe when you go through something or if you feel unsafe with a person like it's very scary or but it always if you trust your gut and you do the right thing and you again you make that decision of your worthiness or you make the decision that that's not where you want to be and you stick with your gut you'll always come home to yourself and I you'll learn more about yourself each time so I just feel like even in friendships not even just romantic even friendships and things like that every single connection I've had it may have ended badly it may have ended fine it may have you know just fizzled out each time I've learned something from each of it and it's 
brought me home to myself and I know myself more than I ever have before each time if that makes sense it does so, yeah. it does oh. yeah oh that's some good shit right there <laughs> <Salute>. <laughs> yeah. right beautiful now what is the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you that you've lived through to tell the tale okay <sighs> yeah this one kind of sucks so we were talking about it before because I was a bit I didn't know if I should mention it but here we go so I this is so sad I just got my sorry I hope I can talk about periods that's totally cool totally cool. okay cool all right guys more than welcome periods. so I got my period in oh, I was grade eight I think I was grade eight and I didn't know how to use tampons yet I was too scared to use them so I was a pad girl all the way so anyway I've got a pad got a skirt I'm at school had a two-hour exam and I could not I didn't like sitting still for longer than like an hour I just wanted to go to the toilet like it was kind of the start like first couple times so I was very scared and like it was new and Mm -hmm. you know all that sort of thing Mm -hmm. anyway sat down did my exam and then at the end of the exam I went to stand up and I just felt it all (laughs) come out and I was like (gasps) and then the teacher was like wait bell goes in five minutes and just kind of looked at the watch and I was like like just waiting for the bell and as soon as the bell went I ran and told my best friend I was like can you please grab a pad now and follow me to the bathroom and I like (laughs) sprinted to the bathroom and then I got there and it was just everywhere and I was like oh my god my whole entire life is over that's it it." (laughs) and then she came in with the pad and I was like oh thank you so much and I was like I didn't know what to do I didn't I couldn't even cry I was too like shocked and shocked overwhelmed and then this other girl came into the bathroom straight after and was like um Danica were you sitting in the back room and I was like yeah and she was like oh there's blood on the chair and I was like oh no oh, it was a little like a little tiny dot but I was yeah. still was like nah mortified. mortified 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 anyway luckily my mum worked at the school and so I like tried to clean myself up as much as I could and I just went to my mum's classroom I was like mum can I go home and she had to call my dad and then I was even more embarrassed because then she told my dad like she could have said I felt sick. She was like, yeah, no, she's got a period. It's gone everywhere. And like told him, oh. I was like, mom, dad. Anyway, <laughs> he came and picked me up. So it was fine. But that was yeah. definitely really embarrassing. So yeah, especially for someone in grade eight, like that's you're, you're, yeah. you're figuring out your social yes. status. Is the word. That. Yeah. Oh God. Wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but I'm sure no. it's happened to a lot. Surely. Yes. All yeah. right, cool. I love that. Uh, last question. What would you say to anyone who is trying to push through their barriers or insecurities to chase their passion? Um, I would say trust yourself. I feel like there's a lot, especially if it's a passion or, you know, and a passion is anything, but especially like the arts, I guess, there's a lot of, there's no right or wrong. Or I mean, anywhere, there's no right or wrong. So everyone's got a different opinion Um, And everyone's going to be telling you different things. But I just think at the end of the day, whatever you want to do or whatever you feel, trust that. Um, It's good to take opinion from other people, but just trust your feelings and trust what you genuinely want or, you know, that's good to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, like we were saying before, just take baby steps because it's really scary um, to think about an end goal that is really huge or it's scary to take steps towards a passion or career that's not even likely like it's especially with COVID with the whole arts or small businesses and things like that it's really scary doing something you want to do when there's a possibility that it might not work out but I just think everything always works out anyway so even if you did take steps towards that passion and something happens and it falls through there's always going to be another avenue after that so I just think trust yourself and just take little baby steps and open yourself to opportunities you might come to like a fork in the road and there's two different opportunities that might be something you don't normally do but take that because that could still get you back to where you kind of want to go so I just think yeah trust your gut um be open to opportunities and yeah just take little baby steps I think but yeah beautiful now tell the listeners how they can best support you right now and where to find you as well yeah okay um I think at the moment with arts as well we literally we're performers like we perform for an audience 
Um, with social media and the way it is at the moment, support means everything, like even just a like or a share or comment, like the amount of work we can get from Instagram as well, or just knowing that what we're doing is like you're enjoying it is really nice as well when people are just commenting or saying or even messaging and saying like, hey, I love this or I love this or, you know, sharing it with their friends. So always with if you like something you see with an artist, always like let them know share it you know like show your support in that sense um <clears throat> my instagram handle is danica underscore mck so d-a-n-i-c-a underscore mck it kind of has a nice ring to it, it does um yes yeah, so that's my insta and come to class as well come to class i always post when i'm teaching like if i do pop-ups or anything but um yeah come to class and support Mm, beautiful beautiful well we covered a lot of ground which is awesome i love it thank you so much for coming on today too no thank you for having me super fun. my first podcast as well yeah <laughs> you've had all kinds of opportunities podcast you did that bonds campaign you right you're, yeah. i saw you, like you're, you're with the bullets and oh yeah. it's awesome yeah. to see how like good since i started following you all these opportunities pop up for you. It's really like inspiring. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, Is there anything you want to say before I stop the recording or is that all covered? It's all covered. I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, And yeah, I feel like this has also been a really nice opportunity for me to say, to talk as well, because as dancers like we dance but it's nice for you to have reached out to me and want to get to know me on a personal level as well um but yeah but I just really appreciate it and I had fun and um thank you to all the listeners and yes. yeah that's all yes thank and you. go follow her <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right. Thank you so, so much for listening all the way through. If you'd like to support me and or you enjoy the content that I'm putting out please, please let me know. Leave me a rating on Spotify. You can even DM me if you want particular podcast guests on or you want people back on. I've had a lot of requests for Chaz again. So yes, other than that, I hope you enjoy your day. I hope you took something from this podcast that can help you and I'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's my new outro. <laughs> <laughs>